We got a real treat in this episode as Randy Snow of the World of Football podcast joins us to talk about one of his favorite players and favorite player jerseys. And it inspires me to learn a little bit more about the player too. And we come from the world of football for you with great stories about a great person coming up in just a moment. My name's Darren Hayes, and I know you've heard me on the Pigskin Dispatch talking about football history for years. Well, now I'm on a new mission, a quest to find sports history in other sports as well as football by learning through the jerseys and the apparel and the gear that the players wore and the franchises supplied their teams. It's an educational trip, and I'm taking you with me day by day, player by player, uniform by uniform, the Sports Jersey Dispatch. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast, and welcome once again to the Pigpen, your place to learn about great sports history through the uniforms and gear that the competitors wore. And we start off today with a real special guest, Randy Snow of the World of Football Podcast and World of Football Kalamazoo website is coming in to join us uh, to tell us about his favorite player jersey and the player that wore it with some great history and gave me a little bit of inspiration after there to talk about that same player just a little bit more detail with some interesting facts about him so i'll hand it over to randy snow world of football hi this is randy snow from the podcast this week in the world of football each week my son adam and i talk about all things football we talk about the nfl the canadian football league the xfl the usfl college high school indoor and arena football We love it all, and we talk about it all. Our show is broadcast from Kalamazoo, Michigan, which everyone knows is the center of the football world. Today I want to talk about one of my favorite jersey numbers and the man who wore it. It's the number 22. Now, living in Michigan and being a Detroit Lions fan, you might think that I'd be talking about the great Lions quarterback of the 1950s, Bobby Lane. And while he is certainly worthy of a lengthy discussion, I want to talk about someone who wore it a bit more recently, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Doug Flutie. Flutie wore the number 22 when he was playing at Boston College and threw his famous Hail Mary pass to beat the Miami Hurricanes in 1984. He was selected by the Los Angeles Rams in the 11th round of the 1985 NFL Draft, but chose instead to sign with the New Jersey Generals of the USFL. He wore number 22 with the Generals and became one of the many stars of the league. But the USFL folded after the 1985 season. Flutie then signed with the Chicago Bears in 1986 and had to switch to the number 2 because quarterbacks in the NFL were not allowed to wear a number higher than 19. He signed with the New England Patriots in 1987 and continued to wear the number two for the next two seasons until he decided to take his talents to the Canadian Football League in 1990, signing with the British Columbia Lions. The Lions allowed him to wear the number 22 north of the border, which he did for two seasons. In 1992, Flutie signed with the Calgary Stampeders, where he played until 1995 and wore the number 20. He finished his CFL career with the Toronto Argonauts in 1996 and 1997, wearing number two. While he was in Canada, he threw for over 6,000 yards in a season twice and over 5,500 yards in a season four times. 
He won three CFL Grey Cup titles, one with Calgary and two with Toronto. He was named the CFL's most outstanding player six times and was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 2008. Flutie returned to the NFL in 1998 when he was signed by the Buffalo Bills, and he wore the number seven. He also wore the number seven during his time with the San Diego Chargers, but in his final NFL season in 2005, he wore the number two once again with the New England Patriots. That was the season when he made the first drop kick for an extra point in the NFL since 1941. While he may have worn several numbers over the course of his college and professional playing career, I will always think of Doug Flutie wearing the number 22 and being one of the most entertaining quarterbacks to ever step onto the gridiron. Thanks, Randy. That was an awesome take. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about your favorite player, that number 22 jersey of Doug Flutie. Very interesting guy indeed. And you know, it's pretty inspirational uh, what Randy just talked about. Uh, make sure you check out Randy and his son Adam Snow on the World of Football podcast. We have links to it in our show notes and on pigskindispatch.com in the article today on Doug Flutie. Uh, make sure you check those out. Now, for anyone younger than 30 years old, the name Doug Flutie might not mean much to them in respect to football history. Yes, if you look at his mere NFL stats, that would say he was somebody that was a decent arm on an undersized quarterback by most NFL standards. It just couldn't hold a consistent gig with any particular franchise. This, too, would be a fair statement, but Flutie had an it factor about him. Not every starting signal caller has the it factor But by gosh, Doug Flutie definitely did. Now his NFL stats aren't all that great. I mean, he played 13 years in a league with an eight-year gap in between. We'll talk about that in a second, like uh, Randy just did. But his NFL stats were he threw uh, completed 1,177 passes on 2,151 attempts uh, for 54.7% of his completions, 14,715 total yards, 86 touchdowns, and uh, 68 interceptions. So not bad numbers. Uh, but more of a journeyman quarterback. Like he said, you played Chicago, New England, Buffalo, San Diego, back with New England. That's five different teams in the NFL if you count New England twice. Okay, so now take those 14,000-some-odd yards in the NFL and 86 touchdowns and combine that with 41,355 yards in the CFL and another 270 touchdowns in eight seasons. So that's 21 years, and uh, quick math tells me almost 36, or, sorry, 56,000 yards and, uh, you know, almost... Uh, 360-some touchdowns, that's right up there with some of the greats of all time. And I understand the CFL is a little bit better, a little bit different game. There's no running in it. It's more passing. There's more players. There's more yardage. There's more, you know, it's more of a, more geared to the passing game. But those are still some phenomenal numbers. And even by CFL standards, you know, like we said, he was the number one CFL player of all time by TSN in 2006 and is a member of the Canada Sports Hall of Fame and a College Football Hall of Fame and you know just some phenomenal awards that he won he was all Canada all Canadian quarterback 91 through 94 uh, CFL's most outstanding player four different times 
uh, Je- I'm sorry, six different times, the Jeff Nicklin Memorial Trophy. He won that in six different occasions. All Eastern quarterback, four different times. Uh, Great Cup participant in two different times. Great Cup winning teams, uh, I believe that he had three or four of those. Uh, three three times he won the Great Cup, 92, 96, and 97. Uh, won the Heisman Trophy, had that mo- one of the most outstanding plays in college football history, you know, as we, we talked about with that great pass uh, to Phelan on that Hail Mary at the end of the Miami game to just uh, take BC to a whole new place, uh, Boston College, that BC. He also played for BC Lions in the CFL. Yeah, two different BC teams. That's uh, quite unique. And, you know, just a, a great player. Uh, has had a lot of adversity in his whole life and, you know, through his whole career, as a matter of fact. You know, he um, you know, is not known, but he grew up in Florida. Um, his father was a quality engineer in the aerospace industry down in Florida and you know as he went through junior high Doug Flutie won two took his junior high team to two county championships so things are looking pretty good for him all of a sudden well the space industry sort of falls out in the mid to late 70s his father loses his job in aerospace and the family has to move. They move to Massachusetts from Florida to Massachusetts. Probably a big weather shock there for them, I'm sure. But, you know, Flutie's coaches down in Florida are sitting there, literally licking their chops saying, hey, we got our high school starting quarterback for the next four years. This kid will start as a freshman. He's winning games and everything. Well, he goes up and plays high school ball up in Massachusetts and, you know, ends up being a three uh, sport star, you know, football, basketball, baseball, just outstanding at all three. He ends up being, you know, all county and, you know, he's an all all star at football. Uh, gets to go to Boston College. They're looking at him. Oh, he's a little bit undersized and everything. Went, ends up winning the starting job there. Wins the Heisman Trophy his senior year. Uh, you know, gets ready to go in the NFL. And there, he gets drafted by the Rams. And, you know, he, he may have played for the Rams. Uh, they were looking at him. But the USFL offers a whole lot more money. The USFL is just starting out. He goes to the USFL, plays for the New Jersey Generals. And, uh, you know, has a, a great uh, season or two there. And, you know, he's back. You know, ready to go into the NFL, plays a little bit, and that um, gets bounced around a little bit with the Bears and the Patriots and San Diego. Goes to CFL and is an all-star. You know, is a champion and just uh, some great adversity. Now, his family has also had some uh, adversity. You know, he had uh, one of his children had uh, some disease that uh, you know just was misfortunate, but. The Fluties are such remarkable people. They turned that into some great things, and he he did some became like a spokesperson of uh, this whole group and bonded with people and made them feel good and put a positive spin on it. You know, created the Flutie flakes to to help support the cause and just did some fantastic things. Um, you know, just uh, all through his career, makes the comeback in the NFL after the great CFL career. And uh, supposed to be like the the veteran leader to the Buffalo Bills, so that uh, Rob Johnson can be you know sort of mentor him. And Johnson gets hurt, and what's Flutie do? He takes him to a winning record and brings hope to Buffalo. And you know just some remarkable things he does. And and like Randy says, you know he kicks the the first drop kick in decades in the NFL for for points. That's the way Doug Flutie is. Has the it factor and. 
So just I'm glad Randy talked about him and just uh, some great things. Now I'm going to pass on one last thing before we go. Doug has a very interesting story. In his last season uh, with Patriots, the year he did the drop kick, I believe it was 2004. Uh, Tom Brady decided to take uh, Flutie and a bunch of the other offensive players out for, uh, you know, just a, a bonding weekend. And he took them to a local casino and they were going to you know, stay overnight. They had, they had to drive a little bit. It wasn't real local. And they, they had to drive quite a distance, so probably a couple hours. So they, they're on their way there. They're all going to meet there. And Tom says he's going to pick up the whole bill just to, to get the team to, to bond, the offensive t- team. So... When he ends up getting there, he goes to reach for his wallet and uh, doesn't have his wallet. Apparently, he had stopped for gas. Uh, As he's paying for the gas, he puts the wallet up on the hood of his car, on the roof of his car, I guess, and uh, forgets about it, finishes pumping the gas, drives off. You know, wallet's gone. He has no money. So the other uh, players that he invited there to to treat them end up having to to pay the money and they had some good ribbing with Tom, I'm sure. And I'm sure he was sick about it. Well, the best part of this story is some good Samaritan uh, finds the wallet, sees it's his, takes it to the police. The police uh, end up finding out, you know, it's Tom Brady. They figure out a way to get in touch with them. I'm not sure how they did that. They deliver the wallet to him. All the money's in it. All the credit cards are in it. Everything's intact. Uh, this good Samaritan returned the wallet to great uh, legendary Tom Brady. And, uh, and plus all his buddies got a good laugh, including Flutie, of uh, you know, having Tom forget his wallet. And funny thing is, he didn't fumble all that much in his whole career. But uh, hanging on to the wallet for that one trip with the boys... Well, he couldn't hang on to that. So just a great story and, you know, great story of Doug Flutie. And that's what's the kind of guy he is. Just brings a smile to your face, but definitely had that factor. And I'm glad we got to talk about him today. And I learned a lot about Doug Flutie. And I thank Randy Snow. I thank uh, the Monroe Brothers for the great music, Jason Neff for the music, and uh, also the great reference help from ESPN.com and some of the other great articles uh, that we got to read about them, profootballreference.com and Stathead. And I hope you'll join us next time that we talk about some more legendary players and uniforms and learn about the great sports history of the game. So until next time, have some great sports history days. We're dribbling around and see the shot clock's almost out, so we got to put up our shot and come back tomorrow for some more great sports history. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com, not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.